Good morning, everybody. Thank you to both uh, Pastor Luke and Cheryl for spending the time with the Lord before the service to prepare the way for the word. Absolutely fantastic uh, communion message, Cheryl. Well done. Well, for those of you who don't know, my name is John and this is my home church. (laughs) Woo! And uh, I love being here. Uh, My work often takes me to other churches and um, it's a great privilege for me to be with you this morning and share with you. And um, yeah, really enjoy being here. Well, my life has been saved twice. Well, three times if you include salvation. But literally saved twice, this uh, body. First time I was five years old, kindy age, and um, somehow I ended up at a friend's place who had a swimming pool. I'm not quite sure how all that happened, but anyway, it must have been a reasonably warm day or I was just inquisitive and I jumped in. Didn't know how to swim. (laughs) No idea. Sank like a stone, apparently. And... uh, All I can remember from that occasion is sort of being hoisted out of the water and plonked onto the side of the the pool. Um, The other time I was older and should have been wiser, but there was a whole lot of testosterone flowing through me, 22 years of age, and um, a group of uh, young people from the church I was at had been invited to a farm, and uh, we were going up there to ride the farm bikes and blow things up with shotguns and all that sort of stuff. It was fantastic. Anyway, we ended up going for a swim in the creek um, that ran through the farm property. And being boys, we thought we'd better make a mudslide. So we splashed the water up onto the banks and made it all nice and smooth. And away we went and I thought, ah, boring. I'm going to do this standing up. And uh, tried to demonstrate my surfing skills. Feet went straight under me, whacked my head on a rock, out like a light, into the water. And uh, apparently everyone thought, oh yes, John's just faking to get more attention. Uh, But the bubbles came out, apparently. And uh, so again, I was hoisted out of the water. I just remember this buzzing sound as I was sort of coming to. And uh, literally my life on both of those occasions was saved. Uh, I wouldn't be here today if people hadn't intervened. I wouldn't have had the fun that I've had and met Liz and got married and had a family. I wouldn't have met you guys if people hadn't intervened. But the thing is that they're kind of distant memories. They've faded into the background. They're not part of daily conversation about the time I was rescued by these people. I don't have their photos on the mantelpiece. I've got no, really no idea who they were at the time. And this morning, I believe the message that God's given me to share with you is to not so much look back and remember, but bring ourselves and highlight who we are and what we are. You know, we've been singing about Jesus living on the inside and Cheryl's brought a beautiful message about how Jesus is a mantle to us. But, you know, when we hear those things and we sing those songs, do we really understand what we're engaged in? And so I've prepared, I guess, what you might think of 
as a bit of a bushwalk, a bit of a, a journey to look at some things that we kind of know of or may have seen before, but we're going to look again and really cement them into our hearts because where we're headed as a church and as the church, we really need to get a hold of who we are and what we're a part of. To do that, right up front, we need to look at some things through what I will call the binoculars. You know, when you go on a bushwalk, if you take binoculars, you're going to see a bit more detail. These are called the binoculars of the supernatural. Okay? Because what I'm going to share with you is all about the supernatural. We need to engage with who we are. And we are supernatural. We have a fleshy suitcase, but we are spirit. And there is a whole lot going on with that spirit. What we are all a part of is a supernatural transfer and exchange. We are in this world, but we are not part of this world. There has been a supernatural shift when we said yes to Jesus Christ. It's exciting because it shifts us into the realm of multiplication. It shifts us into the realm of infinite creative miracles. It shifts us into healing. It shifts us into God's provision. It shifts us into the very throne room of God. It shifts us from the earthly to be joint heirs with the Son, Jesus Christ. Are you ready to go down this path? <laughs> Let's go. To lift ourselves into the spiritual and strengthen our resolve to see things with spiritual eyes. Because God is. <laughs> I've lost my page, but let me just remind you of a few things. <laughs> God is a devouring fire. He's a jealous God. He's merciful. He's among us. He is faithful. He is covenant keeping. He is great. He is awesome. He's the God of gods, the Lord of lords, and the King of kings. He's mighty. He's a refuge. He's the awesome God of the heavens above and the earth below. He is a helper. He is holy. He is for us. He is with us. King, he is kind and severe. He is a father. He is a provider. He is a solid rock. We heard that last week. He is a shield, a fortress, a leader. He is gracious. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful in potential. He is everywhere. He is a teacher. He is light. And he is love. That is who we have connected with when we said yes to Jesus Christ. So my point one, and we're going to have a look at a fair amount of Scripture this morning because I love the Word of God. We were given the Bible for a reason. And so Haley is going to help me out. I've prepared the slides for you, but if you want to have a look in your own Bible, I would highly recommend it. God lives in us, and we live in Him. We've just been singing about that. Jesus on the inside. That's on the inside of this, not some weirdo thing. He's in here in this fleshy suitcase. Can't explain it, but it's what it says. Let's have a look at 1 John chapter 4, uh, verses 12 to 17. Here we go. Adjust the glasses. What do I do? Take them off. No, that made it worse. <laughs> Oh, gee, I'm really struggling here. 
Oh, look at the screen. Well, there we do that. Okay. That's a good idea. So here we go. Verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love has been brought to full expression through us. There's a thought. Could preach on that, but we'll move on. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. That was a testament by the writer that they had actually seen Jesus in the flesh and that he was among them. You know, I really struggled to keep from drilling down into the love aspect there. There's a whole lot in this chapter about, about the love thing. Um, love is everything. God is love. We just read that. And love comes from God. So it's no wonder that the enemy has targeted love and messed it all up, confused the whole world as to what love really is. This whole loving one another is the answer to so much, but I just haven't been able to bring that all together. But I encourage you to really explore it for yourselves because that is where we are headed as a church and as the church. Loving each other the way Jesus showed us is paramount to our witness to the world. And amazingly, God's love is brought to full expression through us. But the thing to capture here, to put in our walking journal, is that God, who is love, resides in us. This is supernatural. It is beyond human reason. We don't try and work it out. It's a bit like the internet. We just use it. Don't try and work out how it works, just use it. But it is through this indwelling that we can live abundantly, to love abundantly one another and therefore be a witness to the world. We don't do it out of our own ability or even our own making as love comes from God. This outward expression of love is something that pours out from what is within. The indwelling is really important for us to hold on to and know that God who is love resides in us. You know, the reason that those rescue memories faded, the the enemy was time. When it comes to who we are and what we are involved in, we have an enemy that wants to distract us from that truth. And that's why it's really important for us to grab a hold of these things and never, ever let them go. Hold on tight that God resides in you in this life. In John 14, verses 8 to 11, I just want to show you something here. We've got that one, Haley. Thank you. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, Philip, don't you even yet know who I am? Even after all the time I have been with you, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking to see him? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is? 
is in me. The words I say are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Then he kind of lets him off the hook here a bit. (laughs) Or at least believe because of what you've seen me do. (laughs) But the language is exactly the same. When Jesus, who was the Word made flesh, was talking about his relationship on earth as a human, he's describing the very same situation that we're told of from 1 John. The Father is in him and he is in the Father. So it's all this interconnection of God in us and God through us. We are all in this together. It is not of us. Life for Christians is supernatural. We've got to get a hold of that. It is not devoid of trouble. It is not devoid of persecution. But neither was Jesus' life on earth. He demonstrated to us all how to live through that. We are supernaturally infilled with Jesus Christ, the Father and Holy Spirit, and our dwelling place spiritually is in Him. That is where we need to elevate our thinking and our behaviour. It becomes why we worship. It becomes why we come to church. It's why we are here and now as a witness for others. We are way more than a group of ordinary people who have nothing better to do on Sunday morning. Because I can tell you there's a lot of other things out there that we could be doing if we're just going to live a beige Christianity. Christianity is not meant to be beige. It is technicolour and full of fireworks, the best thing you've ever been a part of. We are way more than a group. We are infilled with the living God. Just as Jesus was filled with him. The second point that the enemy really wants us to not get is that we are the church, the living temple of God. Let's go through some scriptures here. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. Thanks, Haley. Doing an amazing job. Come to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by the people, but he is precious to God who chose him. And now God is building you as living stones into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are God's holy priests who offer the spiritual sacrifices that please him Because of Jesus Christ. This is Peter talking to, I guess, the early church. Next scripture, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you realize, says Paul, that all of you together are the temple of God and the Spirit of God lives in you? And then Ephesians 2. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners, You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles... 
which is us, are also joined together as part of this dwelling place where God lives by his spirit. Whoa! Hello! There is way more going on than just coming to church. We are being joined together carefully by God who is love to put us all together so he's got somewhere to go. That's exciting, isn't it? It's, it's beyond church. It's just beyond daily life. It's something that we really need to capture. When God said he will build his church, he didn't mean he would get people to come to church. That's our job. That's our commission is to go out and reap the harvest. Can I just say that we need to get on with that? We really need to get on with that. Time is running out. I don't know whether you saw this. Um, it was brought to my attention just this weekend. But in the States, right in front of their... Uh, it's not a parliament house. What is it? It's where the, the capital. Where all the decisions and the laws are made. That's the point. A gateway... Uh, I don't even like saying it. But it's basically a, a, a monument to Baal has been built right in front of where all the decisions are made. And it was built by all the pro-abortion people. Very, very blatant and obvious. But what it tells us if we fix our eyes on Jesus is that we need to get busy. Amen? What he meant was he is actually building a temple with saved people called living stones. That is us and that is what we are a part of. It is beyond us naturally to see what he is doing, but we have his word to give us cause to see ourselves spiritually as a living stone involved in the greatest building project that will ever exist and that will last forever. That's what we're a part of. It's another opportunity in the word for us to stand at the lookout point this morning and see that we individually and yet also corporately are directly involved in heavenly creativity as a spiritual living stone in the supernatural building project, the temple of God. And what that does is remove everything earthly. It includes all those who have said yes to Jesus Christ. No matter where you live, no matter the size of your house, big house, small house, your education, your lack of education, your occupation or whatever, it doesn't matter. All of that is removed. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. None of that matters because it's supernatural. Let's stand at the lookout and take that in this morning. Number three, I think this is probably the point that out of this morning's service, oh, this morning's service, (laughs) God really wants us to grab a hold of this. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that we've been talking about God living in us and we in him. But there's a a real purpose as to why we're told that the Holy Spirit, as a, I guess, an individual, is living in us. 
and that is to be led and to be guided by him. There is a really active role that the Holy Spirit takes in our lives. Holy Spirit is the one who leads us and directs us. Holy Spirit is the one to bring revelation and quicken our spirit. I want to have a look through Romans chapter 8 and verses 10 to 17. Since Christ lives within you, have we got that this morning? Have we connected with that? Since Christ lives within you, even though your body will die because of sin. So let me highlight that. What he's saying there is even though Christ lives within the body that's going to die because of sin, it's in here. It's in here, this body. Because of sin, your spirit is alive. It's our spirit that's quickened. Because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus lives in you. And just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by this same Spirit living within you. So, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That's what being set free means. When we sing about freedom and chains breaking, that's the freedom we have. The Holy Spirit directs us and we have no obligation whatsoever to entertain what the devil puts in front of us. And we have every right to tell him to nick off. So, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep on following it, you will perish. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You know, there needs to be a behaviour shift. So you should not be like cowering, fearful slaves. And Jane spoke about this the other day. She mentioned um, perfect love casts out all fear. And, and we're not slaves. Um, where do I get up to? You should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him father, dear father. I think uh, other translations would describe that as Abba Father. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we will share his treasures. For everything God gives to his Son, Christ, is ours too. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. This morning has all been about seeing ourselves differently. To see that our salvation isn't just about redemption and then being left alone to enter into some sort of beige existence as a Christian. We are right now part of a supernatural existence because we have said yes to Jesus Christ. We have the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit residing in our fleshy bodies. Don't work it out. Just use it in this life. The Holy Spirit will talk to us 
the Holy Spirit will empower us and lead us and guide us, taking us right through the wall of self and sin and punching through the ordinary into the extraordinary, that our joy might be full in him, that our life here in this place might be abundant and overflowing and effective in our obedience to his commands. Um, Maybe the musicians could come. I'm nearly finished. What I hope this morning is that you've enjoyed our walk together with Jesus. I hope this morning that you can see that the walk never ends. (laughs) I hope this morning that you've been able to lift your head way above circumstance and the earthly things and see with spiritual eyes just how much we are loved by God to dwell in us, and to involve us in his building plan. What we are right now, because of him, what we are a part of, we need to embrace and get vocal, get prayerful, get worshipful, encourage one another, build each other up in the faith, love each other. It all comes down to love. Really, this is the thing that's coming to me over and over again. That God is love. And because his love was so great, there was a sacrifice that was made to make me a living stone, to be a part of the plan, to be effective above everything else on this earth in a supernatural way of living. It's awesome. All because of love. Maybe we could just close our eyes for a moment because I don't want to miss anyone out here. For those here that know Jesus Christ as your saviour this morning, you've been given an opportunity to embrace the real you, to remember those things. But I also want to make room for those who may be here who have not yet made that decision about their need for Jesus Christ. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask if you feel that it's time to connect into Jesus' plan for you, to accept him as your Lord and Saviour, just raise your hand, I'll see it. No one else is looking around. It's between you and God, really, you and Jesus. Is anyone here? Just raise your hand. Hallelujah, I see that hand, yeah. You and I can have a chat later on. Fantastic, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, for helping us see who we really are, to make a stand against the lies of the enemy that would steal our identity, that would tell us that we are somehow not part of this amazing, incredible journey of 
becoming your dwelling place. Lord, I pray that as we go from here into the harvest field this week, that we would take with us who we are supernaturally, that we have you with us at all times and that we are in you and that we can be bold and to hear the Holy Spirit lead and direct our paths, that we might be a great witness to those who need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.